Start Me Up podcast, part of the Sexy Liberal Podcast Network in association with Mother She Wrote Media. I'm your host, Kimberly Johnson in D.C. I'm so excited. Today, my returning guest is former federal prosecutor Glenn Kirshner. We have a lot to talk about, a lot to cover, but before we get into it, the Start Me Up podcast is independent, supported by listeners, and it's woman-run. A great big thank you to everybody who supports the show. If you enjoy today's podcast, visit patreon.com slash startmeup. Check out all the tiers. I do include a tier with a much shorter intro and no ads. You can hear the free shows on Tuesdays and Thursdays, and they're followed up by What's Up, a show just for patrons where I talk about anything that comes to mind. It's a little more personal, kind of like my online diary. Visit patreon.com slash startmeup, and don't forget Forget, you can find Start Me Up on iTunes, Stitcher, and wherever podcasts are found. Now, please enjoy my conversation with Glenn Kirshner. Welcome back to the show, Glenn. Hey, great to be back with you, Kim. I'm so happy to have you here. On, I mean, I, it's like I was psychic or something because I think I picked the best day to have you on. <laughs> Um, well, I know not much, huh? I have so many questions for you. Um, the first, obviously, this is most of this is going to be all of this is going to be about Trump and his legal woes. Yesterday, obviously, we heard from uh, Letitia James, New York AG. She's suing Trump. This is a BFD. Last night, uh, Michael Cohen was on MSNBC, and he's estimating that ultimately at the end of this, it's really going to be, I can't remember how much is she suing him for, 250 or 290 million or something like that. Um, he's estimating it's going to be more around 700 million. But what I want to ask you is, first question, Lawrence O'Donnell said last night Trump has never been in this much legal trouble in his entire life. He said this could bankrupt him and his children. Now, I know Jared Kushner got two billion bucks. I know that Trump is a grifter and can always raise money. Could you just explain to everybody how dire this is for them? And are do you see them going bankrupt for the, because of this? Yeah, it, it's dire in a lot of ways. First of all, it is probably the death knell to the Trump organization. <laughs> it was already on life support because yeah. it's pending criminal trial uh-huh. for being involved in a 15-year-long criminal scheme to defraud in the first degree to which the chief financial officer, Alan Weisselberg, has already pleaded guilty. So the Trump organization is circling the drain. (laughs) I think this will seal the deal. It will put the the organization out of business. And Tish James is going after Trump and his adult children (laughs) personally. So it looks like, you know, I'm, I'm still making my way through the 220 page complaint. But what really jumps out at me, Kim, is they've got the goods. And not only do they have the goods, they have the people who are prepared to deliver the goods. You know, Trump is famous for trying to isolate himself from liability like a mob boss Mm -hmm, right mm -hmm. um but when you read some of this complaint you know it is replete with things like and then donald trump told his employee to do the following and then donald trump signed the following and and i'm paraphrasing Mm -hmm. signed the following fraudulent document and then donald trump directed his staff to do x y and z You don't put that stuff in a charging document, whether a complaint in a lawsuit or a criminal indictment 
unless you've got the goods to back it up. So, yeah, they are done. They will be prohibited, in my opinion, from sitting on any boards or being officers in any corporation. They will be prohibited from doing real estate deals or applying for loans from New York banks for a period of time. Uh, now, when I saw um, the figures, it looks like Tish James for Openers is asking for $250 million, a quarter of a billion dollars in uh, the return of fraudulent assets. So she'll, I'm sure she'll get that. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the, the question really becomes, does he, do they go to trial and try to defend against the indefensible or do they try to settle their way out of this somehow? Wow. So now this is going to be turned. This is I know they're turning it over to IRS criminal. Um, and then also, if I'm not mistaken, SDNY, th yep. there's a couple things I want to ask you about that. First of all, with the IRS, I mean, we have seen Trump is able to avoid penalty in so many instances over his life. But has he ever been under criminal investigation by the IRS? Um, how does that even work? I, I am so ignorant about any of this. And so what are your just f specifically with the IRS and this criminal thing? How serious is it? And will they maybe look the other way a little bit because he was a former president? Let's hope not. First of all, for me, tax is a four-letter word. Mm -hmm. When I was a prosecutor, I stayed as far away from tax prosecutions as, as I could because, frankly, it's not my area of interest. But here is my concern, and maybe even complaint. Mm -hmm. The IRS goes after people, and they so often seem to be satisfied by collecting up fines, penalties, and back taxes, and they seem to let criminals slide get away with you know criminal liability that may be of necessity because there are only so many irs investigators and irs prosecutions that the department of justice can ultimately bring but you know here, here is why i have this concern you know alan weisselberg when he was indicted as the chief financial officer for the trump organization and the organization itself was criminally indicted, there was a list in the indictment of not only the city taxes that he defrauded New York City out of criminally, mm -hmm. the state taxes that he and the organization defrauded the state of New York out of, but they also said, you know, and there are federal taxes that he failed to pay. Because what I can promise you is everybody who fails to pay their state taxes fraudulently also fails to pay their federal mm -hmm. taxes fraudulently. And have we seen a single tax case brought or have we gotten wind of a single criminal tax investigation of Weisselberg or anybody else for that matter who is attached to Donald Trump? The answer is no, that's a concern. So do I have high hopes that the IRS investigators are gonna gallop in with their white hats and hold Donald Trump criminally accountable for tax fraud? The answer is no. Do I have hopes that the Southern District of New York, U.S. Attorney's Office, the, that's an arm of the Department of Justice, that they will dig in to this criminal referral that was just made by Tish James for the federal fraud crimes, including bank fraud that she has exposed and now handed SDNY on a silver platter, that they will go after those? Yes, I have some significant hope that they will. Now, the SDNY is different from, I guess it's the uh, 
what is it the um what's his name alvin bragg he is yeah. he is the district attorney so yeah. and, and that's looking sketchy um what's the, do you know what to make of alvin bragg because i guess he didn't want to investigate this particular uh i don't know part of the i don't know if you call it the case but i you know his taxes yeah i think this paints alvin bragg in an even less flattering light than you know he's been painted in previously and that's hard to do because when you investigate the Trump organization and you conclude that the entire organization was running as a criminal enterprise and that its chief financial officer was involved in a 15-year-long scheme to defraud in the first degree and your own prosecutors, experienced white-collar prosecutors, said, we have enough to indict and convict Donald Trump of those, you know, some of those same crimes that we're indicting his organization and his chief financial officer for. And Alvin Bragg says, yeah, I'm not feeling it. I am killing the investigation into Donald Trump. Well, guess what? Attorney General Tish James just reinforced what we already knew, mm -hmm. that the state of New York has investigated Trump and his adult children and his organization, and she found tons of evidence of crime. Now, mind you, as attorney general, she's bringing a civil suit. Mm -hmm. That is her bailiwick. But again, how in the world can Alvin Bragg have reached the prosecutorial decision he reached when even his counterpart in the New York attorney general's office has all of this evidence of crimes by Donald Trump. It, you know, I wish we would find there, there were some really good, aggressive investigative reporters who were digging into Alvin Bragg mm -hmm. and why he made what seems to be a, a prosecutorial decision that runs contrary to mm -hmm. the facts and the law. Wow. That really sucks. Yeah. Um, you know, Trump, there's all these lawsuits and investigations. We've got obviously the one that was announced yesterday. Um, we've got the documents at Mar-a-Lago. I was going to say Lardo. <laughs> Mar-a-Lago. We've got Georgia. We've got 1-6. We've got all these different things that are kind of hanging over his head. What would you say would be the best? Which one of those has the best chance of conviction? So I think the um, classified documents case is such a lay down winner mm -hmm. and it is easier to understand and to grab hold of figuratively than you know all of his crimes surrounding the insurrection mm -hmm. you know he's he's certainly good for any number of crimes surrounding the insurrection and inciting an insurrection inciting a riot potentially a seditious conspiracy uh, up to and including treason and let's not forget there's a federal judge in california who litigated the question of the emails, you know, including emails between Donald Trump and, and, you know, the nefarious lawyer, John Eastman. And that federal judge concluded by a preponderance of the evidence, that's 51 percent. That's higher than is required to arrest and indict, which is simply probable cause. That judge, David Carter, concluded that Donald Trump and John Eastman committed the crime of a 371 conspiracy, committing offenses against or defrauding the United States, and they committed the second federal felony of obstructing official proceedings, the certification of Joe Biden's election win. Mm -hmm. So there are crimes that can and should be indicted 
you know, surrounding the January 6th insurrection. But the classified documents one, you know, people go to jail all the time, Kimberly, for mishandling classified documents. There's a woman who was an executive assistant for the Department of Defense who was serving in Hawaii who mishandled one secret document. And part of the allegation against her is that she didn't. She took it to her hotel room. She also took some notes, which she was authorized to take of a classified meeting uh, that she was properly attending. And she didn't transport those notes in a secure diplomatic pouch. She went to prison. Wow. Donald Trump is playing golf. And he did a million times more than this woman, Asia Janae Lavarello did in Hawaii. That is a deep injustice at play in America right now. But we understand people go to prison for mishandling even one secret document. He mishandled how many top secret? Yeah. Recklessly, negligently, and nefariously. Come on now. It, it's time to pick up the pace and hold Donald Trump accountable. Hell yeah. So, okay, now I have to ask you this. You know, there's the there's that question hanging over all of our heads. Would he ever go to prison? What yeah. do you see there? And if he were to go to prison, how would they arrange that with Secret Service and all of that? Yeah, so this is pure speculation mm -hmm. for anybody who tries to answer this question. <laughs> um, but he, he, here's my, my thinking. Um, there will be a strong inclination, assuming Donald Trump is indicted, tried, convicted, and sentenced to confinement, mm -hmm. which all of which I think is, is likely. Okay. Ooh. There will be a strong inclination for a judge to order that he be permitted to serve his sentence on home detention. Hmm. The reason I say that is because I don't know that the our, our government and our judiciary has the appetite mm -hmm. to put a former president in prison. They should. And if they mm -hmm. fail to, it will be a gross miscalculation. Because let me tell you, when you're sentenced to home confinement, you're basically sentenced to stream Netflix yes. and get and get, you know, DoorDash meals delivered to you. Mm -hmm. That is no kind of punishment. Right. Right. We have to deter tomorrow's aspiring dictators and autocrats like, I don't know, DeSantis mm -hmm. from engaged from replicating what Donald Trump has just done. And if the only thing Donald Trump has to suffer in the future is to go home. I'm sentencing you to go home and stream Netflix for a year or 10 years. That's no kind of punishment. It's almost a reward for your criminal behavior. Mm -hmm. So I have to hope that we as a federal government have learned our dang lesson and will actually hold accountable and punish a rampant, abject career criminal like Donald Trump. How would it work? So I placed inmates in federal facilities as a federal prosecutor who were cooperating witnesses in RICO cases. Mm -hmm. We have federal facilities that are 100% dedicated to protected inmates, people that we need to protect, people that we need to keep safe. And these are actually facilities that are segregated out. They might be adjacent to, but they're segregated out from the normal federal prison facilities. Mm -hmm. And usually those programs are run by a combination of the United States Marshal Service and the Federal Bureau of Prisons. And those are the entities responsible for protecting, uh, I think I would say, protecting a former president if he is sentenced to confinement. Um, I think the Secret Service will relinquish 
its security detail at that point. Hmm. But all of this, Kim, is uncharted mm -hmm. waters. Yeah. Oh, my God. All right. I have a few more questions for you. But first, we have to take a quick break and we'll be back after this message. Oh, hey, it's Kimberly, the host of the podcast you're listening to right now. Are you my patron on Patreon? If not, it's really easy to sign up. Just go to patreon.com slash start me up. Check out all the tiers. I do a patrons only show after every free show and I talk about whatever. It can get crazy in there. So again, just go to patreon.com slash start me up. Check out the tiers and become my patron today. Thank you. Okay, we're back. You know what I want to ask you now, I'm going to read two tweets and I, I want you to kind of give your now one of these tweets is Don Winslow. And I know that, you know, he, he's kind of like a naysayer and he's a doubter. Then the other one's going to be Kurt Eichenwald. And I'm going to read what he says. And I just want to hear what you have to say. For the first one, Don Winslow, he covers a lot of territory. So he writes, Jared Kushner, Ivanka Trump got $2 billion from Saudi Arabia and a New York Times uh, bestseller. Jenny Thomas, there was no subpoena, no live testimony. Um, and then also, I know HRC, and he mentions, was held to a different standard because she testified for 11 hours in public. Ginny is behind closed doors. Um, he says three. Bill Barr got a number one, or yeah, number one New York Times bestseller, huge money. Four. Kevin McCarthy, no criminal referral to DOJ. Five. Trump, no arrest, no indictment. Stop the hype. Now, Kirk Eichenwald said everyone has been salivating for the criminal cases against Trump. I have always been skeptical of anything but the financial ones. This civil case is Trump's worst nightmare. Numbers don't lie. So I kind of want you to just go over, you know, the because I think Don Winslow represents a certain section of the public who are upset with Merrick Garland and they're upset because we're not seeing fair justice and then you know to kurt's point this is really very bad for donald so where do you fall and what do you have to say about all of that yeah i, I feel schizophrenic sometimes because <laughs> i am of two minds uh there and every day kim i have to struggle to balance my frustration yeah with my my understanding um of the the way the department of justice investigates particularly high-profile crimes. And there is nothing more high-profile than trying a former president. Mm -hmm. um, and, and, you know, for better or worse, the Department of Justice and the federal prosecutors are in the practice of investigating cases exhaustively, ad nauseum, for far too long, in my opinion, in the grand jury trying to build the perfect beast the bulletproof case the case they can't lose and i told my colleagues all the time there's no such thing as the perfect bulletproof case hmm. what you have to do is strike a balance once you have enough evidence to ask a grand jury to indict someone and we have that evidence you know a thousand times over for the crimes of donald trump then you have to ask yourself the question am i serving the community am i protecting democracy mm -hmm. by declining to indict donald trump but continue continuing to investigate in the grand jury in my determination to build the perfect case and i would say the answer is yes i i agree with the critics that the department of justice has not moved quickly enough to hold donald trump and the others who are, for example, in the command structure of the insurrection, not hold them accountable 
quickly enough because mm-hmm. what we're doing is we're giving Donald Trump, yes, we're giving him enough rope to hang himself, but mm-hmm. there is already miles of rope. He doesn't need any more rope. But we're giving him an opportunity to continue to throw these destructive lies into the public mm-hmm. square, continue to deceive people into believing there's a need for, among other things, civil war. And we're not addressing the public safety concern and the threat to our democracy that Donald Trump represents every day. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I think they should have moved out more quickly. I understand and I respect Merrick Garland for doing things in the slow, methodical, circumspect way he has been doing them. But come on now. It's time for accountability. It's time for indictments. And I hope we see them soon, if not before the midterms, then shortly after. So what do you think as far as the indictments prior to the midterms? You know, obviously they don't like to do political stuff. There has the Mueller, she wrote, tweeted out that some person who was, I think, not a candidate, but maybe it was uh, campaign fraud, something like that, was indicted. And so she said something along the lines of, well, I guess, you know, yes, they can actually indict somebody who's not a candidate. So in the case of Donald Trump, how likely do you think, uh, you know, that that would happen before the election? I'm going to go with, I don't think they would do anything before the election because I think they would be trying to play it safe for lack of a better way to phrase it. But what do you think? Yeah, I'm with you. I don't think we see a Trump indictment before the election, though I also do not think that the Department of Justice 60-day norm, tradition, it's not a rule, uh, but their norm of trying not to take any overt law enforcement act in the run-up to an election that could impact Mm -hmm. the election or that could be misperceived as Mm -hmm. being partisan, Trump is not on the ballot. So it really doesn't apply. And here's the other thing, not to get off track, I'll get back to Trump. We have insurrectionists who are running for Mm re-election in Congress, Mm -hmm. plain and simple. We should not give them a 60-day election holiday so they can perhaps get re-elected, more firmly entrench themselves in our government and try to continue to kill our democracy from within. So there are lots of good reasons to move away from that Norman tradition that might have, you know, been meaningful and necessary decades ago. It is not in our current environment. But I tend to agree that we're probably not going to see significant indictments just because Merrick Garland is the king of circumspection. Mm -hmm. And he's not and I don't think he's inclined to do anything before the election. But hopefully they will. It will start raining indictments after the election. (laughs) Well, that would just be lovely. Um, So, okay, let's move over to the interview with Hannity last night. Now, Donald Trump, first of all, he said that a president can declassify something just by thinking about it. <laughs> oh my God, what an asshole. Um, there, so, somebody on Twitter said he just confessed, to, uh, just confessed to having sent classified documents to somewhere other than Mar-a-Lago. He's admitting he legal, illegally stole documents from the government and sent them to Mar-a-Lago or to wherever you're sending it. So my, I guess my question here is, first of all, my first question on this, do you get the sense from Donald Trump that he's completely panicked over what's happened yesterday? He has to be. He has to be. And yeah, I saw that. I saw some um, excerpts from 
the interview with Hannity. Yeah. And yeah, he said, you know, well, look, you know, if we send documents to Mar-a-Lago or we sent them to wherever, mm-hmm. well, maybe in my mind I had declassified them. I mean, you know, that's absurd. And I think I sent out a snarky tweet like, well, I guess he doesn't even have to go into the get smart cone of silence to do that. Right. Because it's just in his head. But and here's the thing, Kim, I do welcome this kind of absurd rambling because these are what prosecutors call statements by party opponents and they are admissible in the future prosecution against donald trump i don't know who he thinks he's impressing mm-hmm. by saying i can declassify documents in my mind maybe it's, it's <laughs> some of his gullible supporters because let's face it just as mm-hmm. he created the save america pack and then used that money for his defense team i assume it's going to be the pay my new york state fines yeah. pack that we'll see pop up soon and he'll continue to grift from his gullible base mm-hmm. um but yeah, it's absurd, and I think it. But but it's all good as far as incriminating evidence goes. So that's why I say there's so much evidence that we could use to convict Donald Trump. We just need to get ourselves into a courtroom, stand in front of 12 people in a jury box, sitting as the conscience of the community, and get the show on the road. So yeah, the last question then I'm going to ask you about this is. Um... As far as, you know, people are wondering, has, you know, if they, if they were at Mar-a-Lago, then there's a good chance they could be in New Jersey. There are There is speculation that uh, some of these documents might be buried with Ivana Trump. I, I know that's conspiratorial, but with Donald Trump, I, I wouldn't be surprised. So, I mean, what do you think uh, the chances are that other documents have been spread around properties that he owns? Well, you know, given that Donald Trump is always a very careful, thoughtful, circumspect kind of guy, never reckless. Uh, no, of course these documents are spread <laughs> around. And the good news is, you know, there actually is good news today, not just the suit that Tish James brought, but the 11th Circuit Court of Appeals just handed Judge Aileen Cannon a royal smackdown mm-hmm, mm-hmm. by saying, because this goes directly to, to the answer to your question, what what might he have done with these documents? Where might he have you know, sent them, who might he have showed them to, who might he have sold them to, or is he using them as leverage for favorable business deals in other countries? All of those questions can only be answered by a full, robust, aggressive FBI investigation, which the 11th Circuit Court of Appeals last night said, FBI, get to it, do it, investigate it, you know, and they, and they were, they couldn't have been more harsh. Mm -hmm regarding Judge Cannon's earlier horrific ruling. And they said Judge Cannon abused her discretion, period. Mm -hmm. So, and you know what? Two of those three judges who um, were part of that unanimous ruling are Trump appointees. Mm -hmm. So at least that should give us a little bit of uh, an enhanced comfort level that all hope is not lost regarding the quality of our federal judiciary. Right. Wow. Wow. All right, the last question I have for you before I let you go. What do we have to be hopeful about? Uh, I actually think the tide is turning. And I I do believe the walls are closing in on Donald Trump, both civilly and criminally. Um, I I think there's synergy Mm -hmm. between the various crimes Donald Trump has committed. You know, I'll tell you, anytime. I could bring a RICO prosecution and I could pull a whole series of crimes together under one conspiratorial umbrella Mm -hmm. and present it all to the jury together. 
that gives you the power of context, right? It's not just one discrete crime. Mm -hmm. It's a guy who has been on a crime spree as president and after he left office. So I think the synergy between the insurrection investigation and the classified documents investigation and frankly everything else that he did because we seem to forget that he committed 10 felony obstruction of justice counts documented in volume two of the trump russia report he bribed and extorted president Zelensky, a case that could be proved in court if anybody deigned to bring it Mm -hmm. you know and that's just for openers i could rattle off another Mm -hmm. half a dozen crimes that donald trump committed at some point Mm -hmm. you need to say enough is enough and let's get our indictments on wow Wow. Well, I'm just so pleased that you offered the time to me today to do the show. I I love your voice. I love what you have to say, and I love your energy. So thank you so much. Before I let you go, please tell everybody where to find you. Uh, They can find me on YouTube, Justice Matters. Uh, They can obviously find me on Twitter. It's under Glenn Kirshner 2 for some reason. I hope to graduate (laughs) or be promoted to Glenn Kirshner 1 one of these days, but it's Glenn Kirshner 2. And if you really want to plug into the democracy projects that we have up and running, or you just want to support our all-volunteer efforts, you can go over to patreon.com and get a whole bunch of behind-the-scenes stuff. So, um, And I'm pleased to report I'll be on stage with Rob Reiner, believe it or not, in October out in uh, California for Stephanie Miller's Sexy Liberal Tour. Not that I belong in a Sexy Liberal Tour. But, yes, you do. Uh, I'm really looking forward to that. Oh, hell yes, you do. Um, <laughs> and uh, of course you can find me author Kimberly K-I-M-B-E-R-L-E-Y on Twitter my books are on Amazon Glenn thank you so much it's always a pleasure to talk to you great being with you Kim take care bye bye